Welcome to this episode of Safe Home Podcast for struggling teens and their families finding their healing path. I am Beth Syverson, a mom of an 18-year-old son, Joey, who's been dealing with drug addiction, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation for several years. I'm walking beside him as he struggles with his recovery while I work on my own personal growth and healing. Today's episode is about the difficult topic of bullying. Joey has experienced microaggressions and bullying about being Asian since elementary school. It's really a pervasive problem in today's schools and especially where Joey grew up in Huntington Beach, which is almost all white. There seems to be no end of judgmental people who live in an us and them paradigm. Feeling othered can affect adolescents severely. In Joey's case, it was a comment by a completely insensitive white teacher who singled him out during class as an Asian person that Joey got pushed over the edge. It was the next morning he tried to kill himself and landed in the psych hospital. This morning, I'll be talking to a friend of mine about her experience being bullied as a kid. Even though she's a parent of her own adolescence now, the wounds from the bullying remain. After she heard Joey speaking in some earlier episodes of the podcast, she was reminded about those deep wounds and wanted to speak out about her own bullying. I have known our guest, Maria Lundstrom Lopez, for over 20 years since we were in grad school together at Cal State Fullerton. She's an amazing clarinetist and music teacher, and she now lives in Las Vegas with her husband and three kids. Thank you so much for being with us on Safe Home, Maria. I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your difficult story with us. Thank you, Beth. It's just really good to be here, even though it's a rather severe topic, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it just feels so good. To be here. Yeah, it feels like uh, that's how I feel about this whole podcast. It's not like we super fun. It's not fun, <laughs> but no, it's it, not fun. It, it's super important, and I it makes us feel like we're helping somebody. Like hopefully, our stories will help other people, and I know they will. So thank very you. true, and I and I think even though it's not fun, it does it does give energy. Yes, it positive does positive energy. It does. It does. Well, Maria, why don't you tell us where you grew up? Well, I grew up in southern Sweden. So, you know, everybody by now can hear my accent. So they know I'm not from America. Had a normal childhood, I think, up until I started school. And um, when I started school, almost immediately, I think, I was uh, severely bullied bruises all over my body, wounds on my body and on my soul as well. Mm. I think, you know, everything heals on the outside. But like you say, uh, it's it stays with you. Like you just said about Joe, it's, you know, it, the ripple effect is so severe. Mm. And it has so many bad effects like later on in life mm-hmm. it can i'm not saying that it's happened for everyone but you know i i think i have never met a victim of bullying that hasn't had any issues later on in life yeah i'm sure it's got to stick with you and your bullying seems to be particularly intense being beaten i mean my goodness joey was just i don't think he was ever beaten he was just name called and microaggressions harassed a bunch of times, but not beaten. It sounds really extreme what you had to go through. 
yeah, it was really bad. I, you know, I have no other words for that. And, um, but those wounds heals, but it's the inside and the ripple effect that I think are so bad. And in, in Joey's case, I mean, in anybody's case, it teaches you how to just wanted to flee you want to escape and so it will have that effect on many people like joey took to drugs for example Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't but i could have had it's just what's you know what is in your surrounding what's available to you the situation you're put in you know i'm not saying that you don't have choices Mm -hmm. but the pattern of wanting to flee, of not wanting to be present in your body, mm-hmm. in not wanting to live the life that you are living, of mm-hmm. not wanting to go to school, of not wanting to be inside your body. Mm-hmm. What that you- is the same, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I totally agree. What were, what were the tools you grabbed onto when you were being bullied so badly? We were just little in elementary school, right? What? Yeah, I was little. I was first grade wow. and until sixth grade. Mm. And I think seven, eight, nine, I had more friends, uh, but it was still there a little bit, but not as so severe. So how did you escape? Uh, instead of using drugs, what did you do instead? That's a good question. Like, was what did it I do instead? Like... Uh, uh, isolation. Um, I read a lot of books. Uh-huh. So I would, you know, if I had a week of school, I, I could, I could read nine, 10 books, more yeah. than a book a day. And I think that was my way of fleeing. And then, yeah. uh, and then there is the music. Mm-hmm. I will do that. There was a particular type of music that I would gravitate to. And it would resonate resonate with m- my um, my soul in some way, and I think that would heal me. What kind of music was that? Uh, it's uh, uh, I mean, it could be classical music, but it was so very often classical music that has an influence of Swedish or Scandinavian folk music. Oh. So the the music that connected to Earth, uh-huh. uh huh, that connected to to our mentality or, you know, to the nature. Ah, yeah. Did you go out in nature too, or were you a bookworm and stayed indoors? <laughs> no, I went out a lot. Yeah. I went out a lot. So being in Las Vegas is hard. Not that we can't go out here, but it's not the same as where I grew up. Not nearly. I, I, I did use that a lot. So, and then my parents, I had great parents. Mm-hmm. I have great parents, but but you can see too, like when my dad passed away, it was, of course, horrific, but it was extra horrific because uh, for me, he was the safety. You know, I would go to school, I'd be beaten, I would be called names, I would be, you know, treated horribly, and I would come home and my parents would be my safe haven Mm -hmm. they would make me feel safe and especially my dad then Mm -hmm. and so I had always problems 
feeling safe. And I didn't really even reflect. It's like I didn't even know how to feel safe. Mm. After a while, it was like I I had felt unsafe for so long Mm. that I couldn't even remember that at one time in life, I probably did feel safe. So I didn't really know the feeling until later, much later on in life. But with him, I would come home and I think what I did is that like, I took some energy or some safe feeling from him. So I would mm-hmm. rest on him. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away, that was a huge deal for me to realize that, wow, I hadn't done enough work inside trying to get past my my past. Ah. Yeah. Wow, that pulls up a lot of stuff then, huh? Yes, and I think for Joey now, I think, you know, this is where he, his journey that he's traveling, where he's now trying to escape his wounds and everything that have happened to him. And this podcast is helping him to speak up, to help others. But when you speak up, you also help yourself. Oh, yes, definitely. He is so grateful for the podcast. It's really helping him. I think he would be way worse off right now if he didn't have this outlet and feel like he's helping other people. That's huge for him. I think so too. Uh, I'm really proud of him. And mm-hmm. I uh, I think he is so real. Mm-hmm. And he's an old soul too. You can hear when he's, when he's talking, just the way he expresses himself. And he has so much, so much to give the world. And uh, I'm just so happy that he's doing this, that he's, that he's so, he is so brave that he can dig Mm -hmm. into himself while he's going through it. I mean, here I am in my (laughs) forties and speaking out for the first time and he's doing it while it's happening to him. That's very special. Yeah, I know. I I admire him so much. And, you know, he's not out of the woods yet, but I think he has more insight than most grownups I know. He's not necessarily able to act on all the time, but he understands why he's doing what he's doing. It's just a wicked, wicked addiction, so it's hard for him to stop it. But he, he totally gets it. He gets the core reasons. He understands what's under it all and he's working on healing it which is I mean most people they just walk through life kind of blind to it all and just like just watch tv work wake up go to work watch tv wake up go to work you know and he is digging in so I'm really proud of him too thank you for your kind words and I I always share anyone's kind words like that to him and he just it just fills him up and I think it gives him strength to go another day and just keep Keep hacking away at it. Yeah, keep going, Joey. I really mean it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, have so much to give. Yeah. He's going to get to the other side of this. Hopefully. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm very sure about that. I feel very confident and I have a lot of faith in that he will get through this. But it goes to, to just show the ripple effects of being bullied, how mm. how extremely severe situation it is and what it can do to a person, yeah. right? I mean, it affects you on so many levels. It's, you know, your whole pattern, the way you think changes, the mm. way you speak to yourself. 
changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and enormous, enormous effect. And, and the ripple effects are, it's just beyond what we even can imagine. When you're little, especially like in elementary school, you don't have the tools to say, well, that kid's an idiot. That is not true what he's saying. You you don't know. I mean, you have no life experience. And so you just go, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I suck. I guess I'm not worth anything because what these kids are saying and doing to me is making me feel, you know, like dirt. So I guess that's what I deserve. That's it's so horrible. What? Why did they bully you? I can't even imagine anyone being mean to you. Why would they be mean to you? Yeah, I cannot imagine anybody being mean to me either, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could say, for example, I'm a redhead. Mm-hmm. So my hair is ginger in England and here I'm a redhead. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> redhead, I guess, here. So only maybe 2% of redheads in in the world, I think. There's not a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So that was a reason. But then again, I was, I'm wondering, you know, that is something that they were, you know, using. Mm-hmm. But if that was the reason, if I would have been maybe less kind, you know, uh, less kind hearted and, you know, less vulnerable, maybe they picked somebody else. Because the truth is that I was not the only redhead in the class. No. For some reason, we were, I want to say three. Oh. So, you know, you so I thought a lot about that. Like, where were you bullied? Oh, I had red hair. Uh-huh. Well, no, I mean, that's not the reason. There is some other deeper reason behind it. And it's really interesting to think of history repeating itself, mm-hmm. for example. I know that my dad, I hope I have his uh, permission up in heaven, uh, was bullied by by his own family. His mom was bullied by her mom, mm. but my dad had great parents. But within that side of the family, there was some severe bullying going on and mm. making difference between the kids. And luckily for him, he had a great grandpa and great dad and mom. So I want to really make sure I say that. But without mentioning any names, that happened. Mm. Um, then my brother and I, we are born. My brother had some experiences too. Mm. And so the history is repeating itself, although in a different manner, we go to school. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went to the same school as my grandma went to and oh, as really? my dad. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the history is repeating itself. Mm. But, you know, later on in life, I start seeing that. I see, oh. So wait a minute here. And then I have kids and my nightmare was that first that my kids would become bullies because that would mean that I utterly failed. I would have failed like I failed horribly. And my second nightmare would be that they were bullied Mm -hmm. and um, they are safe. And so it didn't happen. Yeah. No, so, I want to say, I want to say, it, it, minus one year when we lived in Sweden. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the schools in Sweden, neither for my kids or for myself. You know, my experience. I can only talk for me and my experience. But I'm not a huge fan how it's um, what's allowed to take place and mm-hmm. how I can compare to the schools here. Mm-hmm. Only my experience again. 
Because I know that there is horrible schools here as well. And there's probably really good schools in Sweden, but you know yeah. what I've seen. So, you know, minus that year, I think my kids have been safe. So I feel good about being able to break that. And I, that's what I hope for Joey and for everyone, that if we could just break the cycle and heal yeah. ourselves and speak out. It's huge. If you just think of how many generations before you have been bullied and you, Maria, were able to stop it for your kids. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. You're going to make me cry. I know. Well, it's, it's a huge thing. It's like changing not only your kids' lives, but future generations. Yeah. And there's got to be in, in any sort of a dysfunctional family thing that happens over and over in generations. There's got to be someone to say no more, no more of this, no more of this bullying or abuse or uh, addiction or depression or whatever it is that just keeps happening in, in your family. Somebody has got to say enough. We need to do something different. And if nobody does, then it just keeps going. It just keeps going because we learn, even if you're not trying to teach this, you teach your children what you know, unless you consciously decide, nope, I'm going a different direction like you did. So important. Yeah. And I think the biggest tip of the day would be to use your voice mm -hmm. to speak out because I think that, you know, uh, bullying creates depression. Mm -hmm. Depression creates stale energy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. that stale energy where you are stuck inside, mm -hmm. inside your body. Your your soul is literally suffocating inside. Mm -hmm. And that's a, such a horrible feeling. And then you want to flee. Mm -hmm. So what does people do to flee? Like, well, Joey took to drugs. Mm -hmm. He's fleeing because he doesn't want to live inside his body. Mm -hmm. Yet he's strong enough that he stays on earth, mm -hmm. but he can't handle it because it's so painful. Mm -hmm. And so to use your words every day and to speak, to speak up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still have, I still have issues with that when I become quiet and mm -hmm. I don't speak. And I just live with the pain inside. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant work. You have to work on it. Yeah. So what are some examples of words you've used as a grown-up to help your kids or help your students? Oh. To help my students. Well, so for me, and I was just going to get to that. So for me, as a teacher, I teach normally in, in the band room. I'm a musician, I teach in the band room. And within that band room, I would, you know, then pull the clarinets or the instruments that I'm teaching. So I have smaller groups. Mm -hmm. So I will tell them that, you know, the first day that I see them, I will tell them that we are a band family. Get used to that. We are a band family. Mm -hmm. You are safe here. And what is important for me is how we treat each other. And that is, this is my, I think, the, the main message. I mean, it's great if you can learn how to play clarinets, <laughs> uh, uh, clarinet and or other instruments. But I think my main goal is for them to feel good, to, to feel good about themselves. And if they don't feel safe the rest of the day, at least can you feel safe here? That would be good if you could, if you can allow yourself to be safe here, if you can feel that here I'm supported, yeah. here I'm loved, here uh, I don't have to be scared, I'm not alone. 
And I am a huge fan of them helping each other. So I will I will point out good things that they are doing. For example, oh, you have a great sound, what are you doing? And maybe you can help the students with that. So instead of it becoming a competition, which we know in our in our world with the music, there is so much competition and it's so ridiculous. Yes. It's so ridiculous. All it takes is just wanting to help each other and realize that just because this one person has success doesn't mean that I cannot have it. My success does not depend on another person's success. Absolutely. Yeah, when I was in high school, I played the oboe. And so there was only one or two of us, but my sister played the flute and there are a gazillion of those. And they had challenges. Every week you could challenge someone to move up a slot. So it was like war. It was like some sort of, what is that? Hunger Games for band. You know, my my sister and her other colleague were constantly challenging each other, flipping. Okay, now I'm first chair. Now I'm second chair. Now I'm first chair. And it was this extremely, it created enemies and just like a scratching and clawing way to the top, which is not healthy. And so I'm so happy to hear that you are creating real colleagues with your students and they're helping each other. What a great lesson for them. Yeah, I, I, I would like for the world to be able to be more vulnerable in front of each other. Mm-hmm. If, if we could open up and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable with this altissimo register. What's the fingering for this note? Could you help me? If my student can do that, if they don't have to come in and feel I have to know everything and I have to show everybody that I know everything. And mm-hmm. instead, if it can be vulnerable and say, I don't know everything mm-hmm. because I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody does. And the kids, they think, oh, my gosh, if I don't know something, I I must be a failure or, you know, I'm not going to get something or, you know, it's difficult. But you're creating a safe space for people to be vulnerable which is so amazing that's what everyone needs to do that's my that's my main main goal and um you know then it's fantastic if they uh love to play music and if they are great clarinet players but you know if if i have a student that comes to me and say thank you for letting me have the music or letting me um, teaching me the tool of music of using it as healing mm-hmm. oh my gosh that's so much more valuable yeah that is that means the world mm. to me because the truth is that you know if if you are going to become a clarinetist or a flutist you are probably born to become one and it's going to happen, but not everybody that are in band are going to become professional musicians. Right. And be a musician without without wanting to become to make it your whole career. Yeah, to make it the whole career. And you use it. And I have students that have come to me and say, thank you so much for 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 teaching me this tool so I can use it for my healing and mm-hmm. and you know yeah so my main goal that is a huge goal if every parent and teacher and coach would just 
<laughs> create safe spaces. That would just make the world so much better. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Imagine what it would be like if everyone was like you and had such a kind heart and and sensitivity to uh, making sure and take care of those kids that are a little bit shyer or you know more uh, a little different. You know, a little quirky or a little maybe they're LGBTQ or maybe they're you know maybe they have some sort of disability or a learning a learning difference or you know there's so many ways people can be different but when you have a good teacher like you are it just equals the playing field everybody's everybody's fine just the way they are and we support each other no matter what well thank you beth i mean that means a lot we got to start somewhere yeah and i think i think speaking up and being able to share your journey. And I don't really know why it took me so long. I think it's the pattern. Actually, I do know because I think it's the pattern in you, your head. If you are bullied for years and years and wow. years, it creates a thinking pattern that is negative. Sure. And you don't even have to be, have to have the experience of being bullied to have that pattern of negative thinking in your head it just it just happens and but i know for sure if you are if you have that experience of being bullied mm -hmm. there is a pattern that it's created in your head how you speak to yourself and mm -hmm. in a way and that's what i think joe is doing too you keep bullying yourself yes oh you're harsh you're harsh to yourself you ask too much from yourself and the hiding like you want to hide you want to hide because you taught that pattern. I mean, if somebody comes and want to hit you, what are you going to do if you're little? You put your hands in front of your face. Yeah. I'm doing it right now as we, yeah. you know, you can't see me, but I'm doing it right now. I'm putting, I'm putting my hands in front of my face. So mm -hmm. that's what you do. Mm -hmm. A little child that is threatened, a little child that, you know, uh, say the house catch on fire. What does a child do? They don't run outside. They run and hide. Right. It's, a, yeah. it's an, an issue, right? We hide. Yeah. And so it's the same pattern. Mm -hmm. And so Joey is hiding with the drugs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was hiding in the books mm -hmm. with my music or behind my dad. Mm -hmm. And I cannot stress that enough that I think just to, to stop, I, I don't, I can't really say stop hiding because, you know, that's, that's a huge step to take, but to speak out, mm -hmm. to use your words, they become, you know, it becomes powerful mm -hmm. and you can use that power to heal yourself. If you tell, if you, if you are brave enough to step out and start talking about your experience, mm -hmm. you're using other words, you're listening to yourself. I'm not sitting here and telling you, Beth, that... I am not worth anything. I am stupid. I'm not good. I'm not telling you those words. I'm saying I was bullied. Mm -hmm. Somebody else was hurting me. Mm -hmm. I did not do anything to deserve that mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a victim, but I don't have to keep being a victim. Yeah. How, how long did you take to figure out that there's nothing wrong with you? Like, did you know that at the time or did you really internalize it and think, oh, I must be broken? I'm but figuring it out right now as we speak with wow. Joey. Oh, 
I'm figuring it out right now as we speak wow. with Joey. Hopefully Joey and I can sit down and have a good conversation about healing and about this. That that, that would be good. Oh, I think he'd love that. Uh, and I'm fighting it or working on it. And I don't, I want to say that it doesn't work to fight it. It doesn't work to fight it because when you fight it, it's like then you're trying to run away in oh. me. Yeah, and you're so it's the, yes, it's because yeah. then because it's fear. I mean, if somebody's gonna hit you, either if it's with words, like mm -hmm. in Joey's case, or you know, phys physically hit you, like it was in my case at sometimes, and sometimes it was just mental. Uh, um, you are experiencing fear. Mm -hmm. So you have a tremendous amount of fear in your body, yes. awful amount of fear that lives in your body and you're taught the pattern of fear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you relive that uh, for the rest of your life. Well, I wouldn't want to say that I'm going to be living with that for the rest of my life, but I definitely know that it's a pattern that is existing inside me. Yeah. And you have to have the awareness and the wherewithal to figure it out and deal with it somehow. Uh, if I would be around abusive people or people that are yelling, screaming mm -hmm. or, you know, in any way or talking to me in a not professional way, in a bad way, in a mm -hmm. bad manner. For me, I will then not react by standing up and saying, hey, mm -hmm. this is not acceptable. What are you doing? But I would hide. Yes. So I have to face the fear. So stand yeah. up, stand in front of it and look at it and say, or the person in this case, if there's somebody doing something to you and say, no, thank you. And yeah. I don't know who you think you are, but this is certainly not the way you speak to me. But the pattern will be there. The pattern yeah. of hiding. Yeah. That's what, you know, um, nobody's taking drugs from the beginning because they think it's something really fun and you know let's just do this because i want to it's there's a reason right definitely definitely you're hiding from something you're running away from something you're you're trying to cope you're actually you know i think we don't give ourselves credit enough our bodies our minds are trying to help sometimes it's just not not the best idea in the long run but you know, when you're an adolescent and your brain isn't fully formed and, you know, you're you're just doing the best you can to just survive. And so sometimes you get tangled up in these webs like Joey, but there is hope and with work and kind of that awareness and with lots of help from people around, teachers, parents, therapists, all sorts of resources that can help. Yeah. I never, I have never spoken to anybody about being bullied other than my, other than my parents. So, you know, I'll tell my students, I will say, I will say Mrs. Lopez was very bullied when I was little. We will not do that here. Here will be zero tolerance against bullying. And so I have told them, but I haven't really, I haven't spoken out about it like this or talked to any professional about it. Well, I think that you're very brave and I think that you're going to help a whole lot of people. Oh, I hope so. I mean, it's yeah. my dream. If I could, you know, I love music and I, I, I adore teaching. It's just, I love teaching. It's just, I can't live without it. I want to say, but, you know, if, if I could only reach 
only one person with this. And if I could find an outlet and keep going and maybe help just one child, one person or one grown up that is hurting. I mean, for me, that would be the biggest, most awesome gift ever. I mean, I don't need any birthday gifts. I don't need any Christmas (laughs) gift if I could just have that. Oh, okay. So if anyone's listening and if Maria's words have have helped you in any way, I encourage you to write a note either on social media or send us a note at safehomepodcast at gmail.com. And I will forward those notes to Maria and make her Christmas and birthday and every other holiday for the rest of her life. (laughs) That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I mean it. I really mean it. It's just, you know, and, you know, I can say with being bullied, people can ask me, oh, they can say, I feel so sorry for you. I feel, you know, I wish that wasn't the case. But, um, but no, I don't want it any different. Mm. I don't want my life story to have been any different. Would it have been easier? Yes. Would my dad be able to have died without having the one regret. He told me if I had one regret is that I couldn't make it stop. So, but I have told him after he passed away and I'm pretty sure he's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very sure he's listening. So I say to him that it's okay. It's okay, Papa. It's all right. Yeah, because you're turning it around now. and you're... Yes, because, you know, I can use it to yeah. help others. So it's all right. If I, you know, if I can be a, a warrior, if I can take those wounds that were given to me and not fall dead mm-hmm. down, and if I can stand up with the wounds that I have inside, and if I then can keep fighting for others, using those wounds as, um, you know, a help mm-hmm. for me, uh, or, or using the the, uh, the knowledge that comes with having those wounds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to help others. If if Joe and I can do that together, amazing. Yeah, and everybody can. You know, everybody can take whatever crappy thing happened to them. And work it out, figure it out, and then turn it around and transform it into something beautiful to help other people. Yeah. What if somebody uh, had a kid, like an 11, 12, 13 year old, or even younger kid that came home from school and says, Hey, mom or dad, I'm getting bullied at school. What would you suggest the parents do? It's a really hard question. So, mm-hmm. but I can share what what my papa. We don't say dad. Oh, <laughs> we okay. say papa. Oh. So I can share what my papa said. He said he wished that he would have kept me home. Yeah, just kept you out of school. Yeah, because who wants to send your child yeah. to a certain situation where you're certain that the child's gonna come home? being hurt and beaten i i am zero acceptance zero acceptance from from the from day one if you as parents if you're not strong enough if you feel that when you go and see the principles and above the principle and whatever it is that you have to do because you're going to have to do that then bring somebody else Mm -hmm. that can be your voice Mm -hmm. because it's like going into 
you know, um, talking to schools about getting your child an IEP or 504. Right. And those different plans. I mean, it's mm -hmm. very difficult sometimes to get to school to want to work with you. Sometimes you run into really good people and they are like you and me, Beth, and they say zero tolerance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to run into teachers that are like Joey's teacher that will, that will be a part of the being a bully. So you have to be careful to make sure that your child at school has that support and that the teacher really is on board with the zero bullying and it, it's not something that you just can say that the teacher can say yes zero bullying everybody can say those words but it's the action behind it yes totally I didn't know Joey was being bullied because he was Asian I didn't know it until he was in the hospital for uh, trying to kill himself so when I found out, it was horrible. Oh my God. I felt so bad because I'm like, Joey, I, I, I would have tried to help you. But he was, I don't know, felt ashamed or, uh, you know, the bullies made him feel so low. I don't know. He didn't feel like he could tell me. So that made me feel bad. Maybe because I'm white and I wouldn't understand. But anyway, after I found out and after he got out of the hospital, I, I marched back to the school and said, listen, your school culture almost killed my kid. And I talked to the vice principal and I told him what was happening on the baseball team, what happened in English class. I told him this happens every single day for my kid. He's getting teased and bullied and microaggressions thrown at him every single day at your school. And he says, you know what he said to me? He said, your kid needs to have thicker skin. I said, absolutely not. This is unacceptable. I pulled him out of that school and I went to the superintendent and talked to the superintendent. But I don't I don't really think it made any difference. But there's no way I would have sent him back to that school after after finding out how horrible it was. Yeah, I'm just so disgusted hearing that that happened. I just wish I. Oh, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I'm speechless. That's what I am. But I you did the right thing, pulling him out for sure. Who wants to send their kids back to that? Yeah. And so sometimes. Sometimes the stake is too high. Your your child is your most important. I mean, that's what you created. That's the most important in your life. Yeah. It should be anyway. And so you are there to be the advocate. Yeah. You are there to be the thick skin because they are children. They don't yeah. have the thick skin. And some kids have thick skin, some kids don't have thick skin. Yeah. And if you have really thick skin, maybe then you will not sit on a podcast and talk about being bullied. Oh. If you if you don't have so thick skin, maybe you will become an amazing advocate for speaking up uh, uh, for how it is to be adopted. Yeah. For example, like Joey, nothing wrong mm -hmm. with thin skin, if that's what we're going to call it, you know? Yeah. I, I can understand why they why people say it. it's like a habit. You need to have thicker skin. No, mm -mm. no, you need to teach your other kids how to behave. Yes. So my kid don't get hurt. So parents need to be more. Uh, they need to fight harder for their kids. They need to advocate for their kids. Go up the ladder. Switch classes, switch schools if you have to. Switch school, switch class, uh, w w whatever they take. If you can, um, 
if you can do uh, online school, hybrid school, homeschool, anything like that to heal your child yeah. back again, uh, I would recommend that because yeah. um, we done it and it worked. Yeah. It worked because I have then control where I can see my children were not bullied, but we have had, uh, you know, other issues with dyslexia and ADD and such things that can break a child down in a very square school mm-hmm. system where mm-hmm. if you are a circle, it will not fit in because it's very <laughs> square, you know. Yeah. So, you know, how would you, if you, I mean, there's always, oh, I could have done it this. I would, I mean, I always think about, you know, how how could I have done things differently? You know, you always get caught in that. Yeah. Thought pattern, but if you if you were going going to talk to somebody that had a child that were bullied, what what would you do, or somebody that is suspecting it anyway, what would you do? Well, I I'm regretful that we did not insist that he move schools when he was about in seventh or eighth grade. We want Jan and I wanted to move him to a more diverse school where there's a lot more Asians. I think it was in Westminster or somewhere like that, where there's like way more Asians and other people of other diverse backgrounds. And because uh, where he lives, it's like, ugh, it is like white supremacists down there. I'm telling you. So we really wanted to move him, but his dad said no. And I wish I would have pushed harder because I think he might've had a different outcome if he had just been in a in a more open, diverse place. So I would just, I would say, just be more willing to make those tough moves and, you know, like make big shifts. And the other thing I regret is that I was not clued in at all about adoption, interracial adoption. Joey's dad is Japanese American, but we're not. And I did not understand that that would make such an impact. I thought Asian, I didn't know. I didn't know anyone could get teased for being Asian, for crying out loud. I I thought it was like a non-issue, but I didn't understand humans, I guess. I don't know what it is. If it is that you're actually getting teased because how you look, mm-hmm. or if there is something else that see you being vulnerable or, or other reasons. There is probably something to that sensitive soul. You know, they, they know... Mm-hmm. They know who they can pick on that won't pick on them back and that probably won't tell the teacher and that probably will just, you know, take it. Yeah. So they know, or they say kidnappers, they know which ones they can take. They that, do. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. They know who the vulnerable ones are. Mm-hmm. And so, but like you said, the vulnerable ones are the ones that are going to change the world. You know, I think so. More I think, I think Joey is going to change the world. I think he already is. Yeah. So unfortunately... There's a lot of unhealthy people out there and parents that, you know, raise their kids in the same way where, where, you know, it's us and them and we're okay and they're not and we're above them. That kind of thing is just so. Yeah. And I don't have much advice for people, for parents that suspect that maybe their kids are not being nice to other kids. Mm. But if that's the case, that means that your child is hurting as well. Why would any healthy person, yes. any healthy person, think that it would be okay 
Yeah. To hurt others. That is not healthy. Your child needs help. Yeah, that's true. They say hurt people hurt people, right? Hurt people hurt people. It's very true. Yeah. So if you hear your kid is being mean to someone, that's like, stop the train. Something's going on. We need to fix this right now. You know, get them a therapist, get them some sort of intervention, switch class environments or something needs to change because that that will not get better on its own. Right. And and I I just so agree. And then uh, to start seeing that that pattern that, you know, if there's any tendency, if you see any just little tendency in school for that, for either way to be the bully or being bullied, to uh, to act right away, even if it's just very little, because we're mm-hmm. talking about we're talking about something in my case that escalated really f- fast. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I can't even I can't even remember it not being the way it was. So yeah. or or you or with with Joey, you know, it went from zero for you to just full blown, yeah, tragic and horribleness. And I think that you can see those patterns very early. Um, I think just talking the word, using your words as parents talk to them and we don't want, you have to stand up for yourself, but we don't want you. No, I mean, we want you to stand up for yourself. I want to say that my, I stopped being hit, maybe not bullied totally. I didn't stop being bullied, but you know, the physical part stopped when my parents started saying to me, next time they touch you, you will pull their hair. Uh, grab their arms, uh, bite them, and scratch them, okay. and punch them. And so I did. Okay. And then they's like, okay, she's fighting back, so I'll leave her alone. So that was no physical. I, of course, I then got in trouble, but I think it's better to get in trouble. Uh, I remember my parents saying that this child that was on me so much that his parents called my parents <gasps> And said that he had and bite marks and scratch marks. And, you know, now as a grown up, I I just cannot understand how they have the nerve <sighs> to call my parents and say, oh, my gosh, you know, after all the all the black oh, and blue so marks oh. on my body that he caused. But then again, they didn't understand. Probably they did not understand how. Maybe like some missed connection there with their yeah. child. I did not understand that he was the way he was. I yeah. don't know. Well, he probably didn't go home and say, I beat up some girl today. He probably, he didn't, probably did not. Didn't announce it to them. Yeah, oh. he probably did not. You know, later on in life, I ran into uh, somebody, a musician that grew up uh, on the same street as, as I oh, did. Uh-huh. And he was a couple of years younger. So he had, I want to say, the brother of this uh, child that was bullying me so much. Oh, one of them. Uh-huh. Brother or sister, but it was an ongoing pattern. Oh, with the other kids too. Wow. Yeah, it was an ongoing pattern. So talk about history repeating yep. itself and patterns. Yeah, that's a family issue then, you can tell. Yeah, yeah I mean, so I think... Just catch the pattern. Can I yeah. even say that in English? I don't know, but catch it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop the pattern. Yeah. If you realize that there is one and then change it, do it, change something so it doesn't just keep going on and on and on. Oh, well, I'm yeah. glad that you guys are 
uh, it sounds like you're a really strong family working together and supporting each other. And I'm just so proud of you. Out of all you've done and proud of you for talking on this pod and just letting the world know that it's not acceptable to do this to kids and we all need to do better. Well, Maria, you've been just amazing. Thank you for all that you've done for the world. And thank you for being on the pod and sharing your insights and your wisdom and your beautiful, beautiful soul. I really appreciate it. Thank you for letting me and love you, Beth, and big, big hugs. If Maria's story impacted you, please share this episode with other families or teachers or school administrators. This bullying issue is so terrible and really, really needs some attention. Also, please find Safe Home Podcast on all of the social media outlets. And we also publish on YouTube if YouTube is easier than using podcast app. Lastly, if you would like to support our podcast financially with a small donation every month through Patreon, we invite you to do so. Your donations help us to keep this podcast commercial free and help to make up some of the expenses for the equipment that we buy for the pod. To support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash safe home. So thank you everyone for listening and we want you to stay Stay safe. safe.